The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm so excited to have you here for today's episode because today we're going to talk about how I went from running 10Ks to marathons, and I've been wanting to do an episode like this for a while. So just sit back and relax, and we will just jump right into the episode. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking, as I said, about sort of my running journey and how I really got into distance running. I've spoken about this a few times in a few different episodes, and I'll try and link them in the show notes, but a really quick life update. I am currently in like the first few weeks of training for a half marathon, and it is December 15th. I think it's sometime in mid-December, but I'm really going for a sub to half. The closest I've gotten was actually my first half marathon, which was a two hour, two minute on the dot. I believe I can really do it in two hours or less because even during the London Marathon, my halfway point, essentially my half marathon point was about two hours 15. And that was like a really comfortable pace for me. And so I really think that I am totally capable of pushing myself to do this. And yeah, I think it'd be perfect to kind of just jump into an episode like this today and sort of just talk about what it really takes to kind of build your mileage up over time. I also have to say and report that I totally have the marathon bug and I think I'll probably talk about this as well in today's episode but after I completed my first half marathon I just had like the bug for running 13.1 miles and I totally have it now for the marathon and I'm totally thinking about Brighton Marathon 2022. It's in April of next year and I'm just really keen to do another and it's weird because after I did my first one last year and like granted it was a trail marathon and there was like over 2,000 feet of elevation gain while we were running at like 5,000 feet of elevation. That was a lot and a lot for my first marathon, but I really feel like now I'm just so ready to do another and I can almost see why people do things like, you know, I, I know of people who went from the London Marathon one weekend to the Boston Marathon the next weekend who did the Chicago Marathon and just like they really stack them up like back to back because you do the training and then you kind of just feel like you can keep running and even with my half marathon training, I've been struggling a bit because I'm so used to running higher mileages. And so I've kind of just been incorporating my own extra days and extra miles that I want to do. And I really just like being able to go out and have these regular runs where I run a pretty good amount, but I don't ever really push myself too much. I always want to just keep myself pretty steady and always listen to my body and just listen to what is best for me. But without further ado, I will just jump into the episode. So 
So yeah, how did I go from running 10Ks to marathons? I think if you had told me like four or five years ago that I would be running marathons at some point in my life, I would say that you're crazy. I would say you're crazy maybe more so because you would be telling me that I'd be running marathons plural because I think I've always wanted to run a marathon and I think that was always on like my bucket list of things I wanted to do in my life in general like things like write a book run a marathon you know and like travel to different places in the world but I think I always thought it would be like oh I do a marathon and that'd be it but I genuinely never thought that I would be the person that would be super into marathon running. And my grandpa actually ran the Boston Marathon and the New York Marathon. And he's someone that I'm always thinking of whenever I do run a marathon. And I'm always thinking about him and how much he ran and how much he cheered me on when I was growing up when I was little and playing soccer. And yeah, I just know that he would be so proud because there's not too many runners in the family. Um, My dad runs and a few of my other family members run a bit, but I think in terms of like distance running, there's not too many. And so I think, but I think you don't really have to be like a distance runner. I don't think, I mean, maybe some people are born distance runners and you just, you know, you get into cross country when you're younger and you just kind of build your stamina up from there. And I know of people like that and I totally envy them. But for me, I think my story's different because when I was in high school, I struggled with an eating disorder and specifically anorexia and I was diagnosed anorexic. I've done podcast episodes on this on my podcast as well as other podcasts and I am super open about it, but that just really set me back in terms of my own ability to not only play sports, but just run in general. And I'll never forget the moment that I was cleared for sports and I was cleared to do physical exercise again. And like I had gone out for a run with my dad and it genuinely felt like someone had put two pairs of like, or not two pairs, a pair of new legs on my body because I used to be so coordinated and I've, I used to like just be so well known for like my sense of balance when I was running and like playing soccer, but it just felt like all of that was stripped away from me and it was the worst feeling ever, genuinely. And I think that that's sort of why I just shied away from sports the second half of my high school years and I just didn't play sports and I kind of just quit. And I was just really shy about how how much I kind of took a step back in my ability to play sports because I used to really, I, I played so much sports growing up that I really prided myself on my ability to just pick up sports and learn new sports or just like continuously play soccer. I played for about 10 years growing up and to not really have the same sense of skills that you had for so many years, it just felt really embarrassing and it felt really, I just didn't feel like myself. And so I just stopped playing sports. And so I think that's why, you know, I always kept running in the background. I did go for runs here and there, obviously once I was cleared for sports, but I would just kind of keep it to myself. I wouldn't really like post about it anywhere. Like I'm such an avid Strava person now, but I used to just not really post about it like on I think I use the Nike app, but I wouldn't like outwardly share it with people and be like, yeah, I run regularly. And I did, but I just kind of kept it to myself because I was so embarrassed about it for some reason. And in college, I started to run a bit more and it was sort of like my way to de-stress from school and classes and just life in general. And I just remember I would always do the same weekend run to Gasworks Park in Seattle And it's a beautiful view. Don't get me wrong. It's a gorgeous view. And it was such a nice run. And I would love to do that run again. But the thing is, for about four years, that was like my glass ceiling. That was like 
I wasn't going to, I wasn't willing to challenge myself any more than a 10K. And for me, that was my long run on the weekends time and time again. And I just kept the same routine and I never tried to push even for seven miles. I just always kept myself to six and I just never really challenged myself versus when I was younger, prior to my eating disorder, I had coaches that would challenge me. I would challenge myself. And I think as a kid, you just learn to have that sort of diligence in yourself and to build that ability to challenge yourself yourself and want to challenge yourself but I think when you have like your athletic ability stripped away from you I think I lost a lot of my confidence and I think I lost a lot of my obviously endurance and like physical ability to be as fast and quick as I once was but I think for me it really caused like a pause and almost like a stagnancy in my athleticism and I think I will always be an athletic person and I think that fitness is such a passion of mine and there was genuinely a point in my life where I really thought I was going to go and become a nutritionist, especially kind of like going off of the eating disorders. I learned so much about nutrition and so much about the importance of food to fuel your body from my own nutritionist that I had to see on a weekly basis. But I think for me, I just kind of got more into healthcare and that's sort of just where I sit now, which I'm still very happy at. But I think with distance running, that's something that you sort of, you just have to take that first step. And for me, that first step was a few years out of college, finishing a master's degree in London. And I was working at an NHS trust and I had the best boss ever. And she is such a, she's still a really good friend of mine. And I always talk about her on the podcast and I'm not sure if she's ever, I'm sure she's listened to a few episodes, but um, if she's listening, she knows who she is. But she was such a, motivational person for me and she was someone that I really truly looked up to and she was also just someone that I really connected with quite well and we would always have lunch together and we'd always bring boiled eggs into the office and stink up the office it was really funny not so funny for our analysts that didn't love it but she also ran was the thing and I told her I mentioned to her that I ran and I mentioned to her that I sort of just ran a few miles you know a couple times a week and then I would do a 10k on the weekends but that was about it and she was sort of the first person to say why don't you do a half marathon and I kind of thought you know at first I was like okay yeah maybe but I just remember every single week that I like once I started that training every single week that I saw those numbers increase especially those weekend runs I saw it go from seven miles to eight miles to nine miles and every single week I would tell people like I can't do that there's no way that I can do eight miles there's no way that I can do nine miles but then I'd go and do that run and I would shock myself and I think that so many people think that running is this like big physical thing that you have to commit to but I truly think that running is so much more mental than it is physical and that's that's something that I've been telling so many people ever since doing the London Marathon people that are like you know I run you know x amount or I don't run as much but like that's incredible that you did that and I always tell people like you know anyone can train for a marathon it's not like you don't have to be a superhuman to do it I think that there are so many people that can do it but I think that there are a lot of people that probably hold themselves back because they tell themselves that they can't but I genuinely think that there are so many people who tell themselves that that actually could do it and I, for so many years, told myself I can't do anything more than a 10K. And, you know, now that's like a very normal run for me to do maybe once or twice a week during the week. And that used to be like my weekend long run that like 
is now, you know, that that can range depending on what I'm training for, but it can get anywhere upwards of like, you know, 17, 18, 21 miles. And that's just something that I never thought that I would be able to do. And I held myself back for so long. And I guess like with this episode, I hope that like anyone listening that like wants to do a half marathon or wants wants to do a marathon, I just hope that you know that you can. And obviously if you have like physical limitations and if you're disabled in any way, then like that's a different story and I think that this message is more so just if you are like if you are blessed in the sense that you have two working legs and you have a healthy body and you're telling yourself that you cannot do a half marathon that you can't do a marathon that's just you know that's just you getting in your own head and you're holding yourself back more than anyone else and I think that the minute that you go and talk to someone else they anyone your friends your family your coach, your boss, anyone else will tell you that you can because people, you know, want to believe in other people. But I think that we have a really hard time believing in ourselves. And I'm not going to lie, even with like the amount that I run now, and even when I was running the marathon, there were points and there were moments where I was like, shit, can I do this? And just feeling like, oh, my body's really aching and my body's really hurting in this place and my knees, you know, it just feels like it's about to give out. But I think that it's really about overcoming those mental hurdles and telling yourself, no, I can do this. No, I've done the training. I've done 18 weeks of training. I absolutely can do this. And I think with like just wanting to build yourself up over time, I think it's like, you know, if you're starting with a 10K or maybe if you're starting from a 5K, I know of people who have done the couch to 5K and I think that that's a great place to start if you are like totally brand new to running and you, you know, you do the couch to 5K and now you've done a 5K, maybe push for a 7K or a 10K. And then once you get there, sign up for your first half because the training is it will help you so much. And I genuinely, most of the plans that I've done, I've just found online from like places like runnersworld.com. And I think it's just so helpful. And I'm so I'm someone who loves structure and values structure. So that is like so nice for me to kind of have something to look at. And I'd love to get to a place one day where I can sort of sit down and build my own plan. I think that's definitely a goal of mine very, very soon because I'm someone who also likes to create and build structures and processes. And that's a very like work thing, but I'd love to bring that into like my personal life, especially in like my running aspect of life, I guess. But you can literally search. There are so many plans online and you can just search it depending on your pace, depending on if you have like a goal time. So for example, I searched sub two half marathon training plan and that is what I'm following because I want to run a sub two half and I totally believe believe that I can. I think once you get to the half, you know, assess yourself and see how you feel. But I've spoken to so many people that like, even after that first half, they get the bug for another half. And when I ran my first half, I shocked myself and ran 13.1 miles without stopping. And it was a hard run, I'm not gonna lie. I was expecting a lot of friends to show up and I just remember around the 10K mark, around mile six, my Apple Watch was like blowing up with all these messages from different friends saying, can't come, too hungover, can't come, have to go walk the dog, can't come, I have to go and work on homework. And it was just like so gutting and I totally had that lump in my throat of just like, 
I wanted to throw in the towel. I think that was the immediate feeling of just like, no one's coming to support me. No one's coming to help me. But in the end, I think, and like over time, I've learned that like running is such an individual sport that you truly have to be your own cheerleader. And as much as like I had, you know, so many people at the London Marathon, so many people along the 26 mile route cheering you on, I still have to be my own cheerleader because they can cheer you on as much as you want. But if you're mentally telling yourself that you cannot finish this run, you won't. And it's totally about, you know, getting in your own head and getting rid of those negative thoughts and practicing positive self-talk because, you know, having gone through an eating disorder, I went through years of negative self-talk and I used to talk to myself so terribly, so harshly, and I used to rip myself to shreds and just, you know, pick out the tiniest, tiniest little things about me. And it was horrible. It was terrible. And I think that a lot of people struggle with that and a lot of people can relate to that. And you don't have to have gone through an eating disorder. I think that everyone struggles, whether you have some sense of like body dysmorphia or if you are just simply insecure about your body. I think everyone has that one insecurity, whether it's your body, whether it's your face, whether it's, you know, something. For me, it was like my stomach and my calves. And I think that everyone has their own thing. And I think that that's so important about mental health as well is that everyone is going through something that is not external to the outside world. So I think that sometimes we look at people online and you think, you know, their life looks so good, but you're genuinely just looking at the highlight reel. And I think with like running especially, I think it's really easy to look at other runners who like, oh my gosh, you know, I saw this person who ran a sub four, sub three, and like, that's incredible for them. But I think that with running as well, I've learned that you have to be super real about what your body can actually like what what its limits are and I'm not talking like you know don't limit yourself like I did for years around like distance but with like pacing and stuff I think you have to be realistic in terms of what you're capable of at the moment and then maybe like set goals for what you want to get to over time and I got for me it was a really bad time for my first marathon but I was more so just happy to complete it and this year I was really going for time at the London Marathon but now I'm just like itching to get closer to four hours and I think that that's a goal that's a very realistic goal for me so I got four hours 12 minutes and I'm you know the next marathon I do I'd love to get closer to the four hour mark but it'd be super unrealistic for me to say yeah I can do three hours 30 easy And I know that there's coaches and there's training out there that you can do to help you sort of increase your pace and just get better at running in general. And if that's what you want to do, like, you know, everyone's different to each their own. But I think what's really important as well is to make sure that you actually love it because there was also a point where I just hated running and it was like the way that I punished myself when I had an eating disorder And I recently did an interview with my work actually for mental health for World Mental Health Day on the 10th of October. And I spoke specifically about how I, my parents used to have a treadmill in our garage and, you know, I would just go there countless times each day. And I'm talking like daily basis, multiple times a day. And I would just make myself go downstairs and run, run, run. And I hated it. And it got to a point where I just hated it so much that I resented running and I never wanted to run, but I would force myself and that's unhealthy. And I think it's important to get to a point where, you know, you not only love it, but you are doing it to a point where it's healthy for you, that you're not, you're not using it to overexercise and you're not using it to lose a certain amount of weight or get to a certain number on the scale. I think that 
the biggest thing with like weight loss is that you think that, you know, if I get to a size zero in jeans, I'm going to feel this euphoria of happiness. And just speaking from experience, from someone who lost so much weight in such a small amount of time, I got to that number way too quickly. And I did get the compliments from people. I did get comments from people at school that, wow, you've lost weight and you look good and da 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 da. But I still, I was expecting, I kept expecting and I kept waiting for this like euphoria of happiness and I never felt it. And I think it's just more important to find something that you love, whether that's running, whether that's going to the gym, and just build that healthy lifestyle. Build something that will be sustainable over time, not something that you're, you know, you want to lose X amount of weight in seven days because that's not realistic and you'll just gain the weight back. I guess this episode has kind of been all over the place and I just really want to end on a note of, I think everyone's running journey is very unique and very special to each person. And so don't compare yourself to other people who have been running for years or other people who, you know, ran cross country and did running clubs and have done so much more training than you. I think it's important to know that you are on your own journey. And if you want to if you want to incorporate running into your life as a lifestyle long term, that's something that is totally okay to take at a very slow pace, one day at a time, one race at a time, and you don't need to do it all. You don't need to run a marathon tomorrow. You don't need to, you know, hit a certain pace. Being able to put on your running shoes each day and like feel that excitement because for me, like that's what I, I wake up and I get out of bed and I'm so excited to run. And it sounds absolutely psychotic to anyone who hates running. Like I think that people who totally like just have never got on with running. I know people like that and just like look at me and think that I'm like insane like I said, everyone has their own thing and you just have to find your niche and your thing that like helps you de-stress, helps you move your body and like whatever you use exercise for, I think you need to feel some sort of happiness from it because you're not going to feel the happiness from the weight loss or from numbers. You need to feel the happiness from going out and moving your body and feeling the adrenaline. Like everyone talks about this runner's high and I've felt it before and it's just, it is the adrenaline and it's a mix of things, but I think, you know, you're not going to feel it until you actually like running. And so I think it's really important to, you know, if you're just starting and running to get to a place and get to get to a place where you actually enjoy running and take it slow. It doesn't need to happen overnight. And I think that there are different things that can help with that, whether that's like wearing your favorite running outfit, wearing your favorite leggings, um, listening to your favorite playlist. I know for me, running playlists are super important for me and they just really help me on my runs. Whether it's running at your favorite park, running to your favorite coffee shop. I think there's so many different things that can help in like that relationship with running. But I think like ultimately, if you like start to build a healthy and positive relationship with running, it can truly become like a long-term lifestyle thing. And I think... Like I said, if your goal is to run a marathon, I absolutely think you can do it. And I think that you just have to commit to making it a lifestyle and not making it some unachievable, unattainable goal. Make it make it so that it fits you, that it suits you. And don't compare yourself to the other person who runs six minute, five minute miles because they're at a different place in life than you. And I think ultimately join like 
a running community, join a club, whether it's in person or virtual. I think it's so cool to be around like-minded people. And I that's something that I love about races is just being around like-minded people who love running so much that they're crazy enough to want to run 26 miles. And I think you'll really surprise yourself. I mean, I think with the London Marathon, it just really reminded me of the first time I ran my first half and how I ran for 13 miles straight and then going through the London Marathon and running 26 miles without stopping. I think when you really put your mind to it, you will shock yourself in terms of like just seeing how high you can go. And I think that that's so, that's why it's so important that you don't limit yourself to that glass ceiling of like a 10K or whatever it is that you've been limiting yourself to. So I think ultimately the message here is absolutely yes, you can do it and take it one day at a time, build that running into a lifestyle and enjoy it because I think that you have to remember that we are so lucky to be able to run, to have two working legs to run and I think it's it's a journey. It's you know your own unique journey that everyone's on. So definitely enjoy it and take it all in. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. Unfortunately, the fundraiser for Boston Children's that I was fundraising for has now closed by the time that this has been uploaded, but a massive thank you to anyone and everyone that has donated. You have made such a difference. Please check out the podcast on Instagram. It's just at Resiliency and Running as well as TikTok, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.